Alex and Eddie can to come back and be with us today, thinking that Sandra and I would be in North Carolina, but the Lord had other plans, I suppose. So <laughs> I'm happy uh, to be here to get to work yeah. with you and hear what the Lord has put on your heart. And uh, let's pray for Jason. Father, we do thank you for my brother. I thank you for his heart, his, his true servant's heart, Lord. Uh, uh, a man who loves you and loves your church and loves his family. I just pray your blessing upon him and his home. Lord, pour out your spirit upon us today to hear what the spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I have to say, I don't know who selected those uh, worship songs, but that was really powerful. And, um, you know, what a great um, thing to be here for, to worship the Lord and to thank Him for saving us from our sins and for giving us <clears throat> eternal life. Um, the gospel reading today from Matthew is the, um, the feeding of the 5,000. And um, no doubt we've heard that many times before and um, as I was pondering the reading it reminded me of um, <clears throat> uh, a number of things um, you know if you if you read the whole chapter 14 of Matthew right before this passage that we read in the gospel today John the Baptist is beheaded now if you'll remember John the Baptist was a, a, a great friend of Jesus uh, was the cousin of Jesus uh, Mary Elizabeth was Mary's cousin John the Baptist was the um, the first one to extol Jesus. Really, probably the first one to worship Jesus. You know, maybe besides Mary. So, But Jesus heard about the death of John the Baptist and he withdrew. The scripture says he withdrew in a boat to a lonely place apart. But the crowds saw him and were chasing him. Now, if you could imagine, you know, imagine if you got some of the worst news in your life, but yet at the same time you were still being pressed upon by people with responsibilities and people, people's requests, you know, how would you feel about that? So Jesus withdrew to a lonely place apart and the crowds followed him. But Jesus being Jesus, he didn't respond the way that we would. 
he had compassion on those people. And the gospel says he healed their sick. And it says, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Now, as a little bit of an aside, for me, later this month will mark the um, third year anniversary of my dad's passing. And, uh, you know, having young girls, I try to keep his memory alive for them. And so I've been thinking about that lately, and it's, you know, in preparing for this message and the time here with y'all, it brought to mind several memories of me and my dad. And um, I think one of those has to do with this gospel reading today and where the disciples' uh, response toward Jesus about the crowd. If, you've, if you have had children or, or experience with children, like my dad, he, when I was little, he would take me to the Barons games. And he would take me to the fair, you know. And um, I remember always wanting to buy at the Barons game a program, you know, because you can't tell the players without a program, right? But also in those programs, if you've ever been there and gotten a program, used to, especially when they were at Rickwood Field, they had the lucky numbers in the programs. So I would always, you know, pull on my dad's, you know, ha hassle my dad to say, buy a program, dad. Let's get the program so we can have a chance to win the lucky numbers, you know. And um, he would say, okay, you know. And we get there and, and get into the game and, and he buys the program and, you know, a few minutes later he want a hot dog and some peanuts, uh, you know, Game's over. You want to stop by the the uh, merchandise stand and maybe get a shirt or something like that, you know. And uh, as a as a kid, I didn't realize my dad wasn't made of money. <laughs> and um, so my dad's like, I remember him one time. He's like, he's like, son, I, you know, he's reaching into his pocket and he's feeling his change, and he's like, son, we we just need to go on home. We just need to go on home. We'll, we'll, we'll just go on home. And, um, and I think that's what these disciples are, are telling Jesus. We just need to send these people home, Jesus. You know, in another, uh, one of the other gospel uh, books of this same reading, it states that one of the apostles says, What are we to do? Get by 200 denarii worth of bread for these people? Uh, the, you know, it's late. We're tired, Lord. You're tired. We know you're tired, Lord. So just send these people home and, and let them buy bread on their own. And, and that'll be better. That'll be better. <clears throat> but the Lord says, no. He says, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And so the disciple says, well... Lord, you know, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he says, bring them to me. 
And so you know the gospel passage. Jesus takes the loaves. And like many other instances in the scripture, he does three things. He blesses the loaves and the fish. Then he breaks them. Then he gives it. Jesus Christ was always giving. He's always giving. Always giving. So generous. Are we appreciative enough of that generosity? That's a question I have to ask myself a lot. Um, the um, Old Testament reading today is a powerful one as well. From Isaiah 55. And you know, Jesus, it's been said many times, is no respecter of persons. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have you don't have to have a bunch of money. You don't have a to, you don't have to have a bunch of abilities. You know, Jesus says, just come. And in Isaiah chapter 55, he says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, not somebody that lives in the nicest subdivision, not somebody that, that has it all together. You know, there, like I said, there's no prerequisites to God's grace. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Now what does that mean? He who has no money, come buy and eat. How can you buy if you don't have any money? Jesus is offering us a free gift of His grace. It's a priceless gift. All we have to do is accept it. He's offering it, but we have to reach out and grab it and pull it into our souls. I might interpret that line, he who has no money come by and eat, as to say, it doesn't matter whether you have money or not. Come and accept what I'm giving you. It's a free gift, but it does take our acceptance. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. See, we want to, as human beings, we put 
value on things. We, we, we have valuations and evaluations. So we make so many decisions throughout the course of a day and a lifetime determining what we think is valuable and how valuable that thing is. But Jesus here is setting up a new economy. He's setting up an economy of the kingdom which is not susceptible to depressions. An economy of the kingdom which is not susceptible to crashes for whatever reason. He's setting up an economy of grace. The prophet Isaiah says, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? We could ask ourselves that question on a number of things. Because there are things that come from the Lord that give us satisfaction that is, like I said, untouched by the world. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy. You know, we spend, uh, I don't know about y'all, but I've, I've spent my money on a lot of foolish things in the past. And uh, physical and spiritual money, if you get my drift. But the Lord in His economy says listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food incline your ear and come to me hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant so the Lord offers to us His grace, His mercy, His salvation. And all we have to do is say, Yes, Lord, I accept it. And He makes with us an everlasting covenant. He cites the, the prophet David, King David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. And this is what the prophet Isaiah says, and it's played out in the New Testament later on with the apostles. 
Behold, you shall call nations that you know not, and nations that knew you not shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, and of the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. So we have a great calling. We have a mission to spread the good news of God to everyone that we see and everyone that we come in contact with. And if we pray, the Lord will even bring people toward us that we don't even know, and He'll give us a chance to share His good news with them. I want to leave you with a few verses from our psalm that really stuck with me. And I think they would be a good inspiration and, a, and good verses to, to memorize and put to heart and to, to put around your house. In Psalm 145, verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His compassion is over all that He has made. Verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all His words, and gracious in all His deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to the Lord, and He gives them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all His ways and kind in all His doings. He fulfills the desire of all who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So today, I would just... I would ask you to establish your soul in the economy of heaven, in the economy of the Lord, the economy that He sets up. And don't go for things that will not truly satisfy or things that will not last because what the Lord gives He gives in abundance and He gives in perpetuity and the graces of the Lord accepted into our soul will last forever. So I implore you to seek the Lord and accept what He has to offer each one of us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.